A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Resplendent and unfading is wisdom, and she is readily perceived by those who love her and found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known in anticipation of their desire. Whoever watches for her at dawn shall not be disappointed, for he shall find her sitting by his gate. For taking thought of wisdom is the perfection of prudence, and whoever for her sake keeps vigil shall quickly be free from care. Because she makes her own rounds, seeking those worthy of her, and graciously appears to them in the ways, and meets them with all solicitude. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. O God, you are my God, whom I seek. For you, my flesh pines, and my soul thirsts, like the earth, parched, lifeless, and without water. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. Thus have I gazed toward you in the sanctuary, to see your power and your glory, for your kindness is a greater good than life. My lips shall glorify you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. Thus will I bless you while I live. Lifting up my hands, I will call upon your name. As with the riches of a banquet shall my soul be satisfied, and with exultant lips my mouth shall praise you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. I will remember you upon my couch, and through the night watches, I will meditate on you. You are my help, and in the shadow of your wings I shout for joy. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. A reading from the letter, first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. 
For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God, through Jesus, bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Indeed, we tell you this on the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, with a word of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, console one another with these words. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus 
So I got to ask you, do you have a friend, or maybe more than one, who uh, is just obsessed about trying to figure out when the, early, when the end of the world is going to be? We all, we all know somebody like this, right? They will, they will you know, cherry-pick throughout Scripture, and they say, look at this passage right here. Don't you think that's what's happening today? Doesn't it mean the end of the world is coming? Or they'll pick some uh, approved apparition, like uh, one of the Marian apparitions at Fatima or Akita, and they'll say, this is, this is what they said. This is what they said. Don't you see it? This isn't, isn't this what's happening now? And eventually they'll get to their point and they'll say, don't you think these are the end times? Well, when somebody asks me that, I always give them the same answer. Yes. In God's plan of salvation, the end times began with the incarnation of Jesus Christ. So that means that we who are alive now are living in the in-between times, the time in between when Jesus has already achieved our salvation, but in which the end of creation and its renewal has not yet happened. The length of time for these end times is something that is only known to God the Father. So as people of faith, we should live our lives in a way which shows that we are ready for the second coming of Jesus. We know that Jesus, the bridegroom of the church, is coming. That's a doctrine of our faith. What we don't know is the exact hour. Now, this is not a new problem. This is a problem that puzzled even the earliest Christians, those who lived in the first century. Some of the people who walked the face of the earth at the same time of Jesus were wondering, you know, when is he coming? Isn't it going to be like any minute? That's what they all thought. He could come back at any minute. And this led to something that really... Uh, astounds people who study Scripture for the first time when they learned that the Gospels were probably the last parts of the New Testament that were actually written down. You say, wait a minute, isn't that the first thing in the New Testament? Well, yeah, they put it that way because, you know, you've got to describe the events of Jesus' life first and then go into the development of the church. But in actual fact, the letters, the epistles, you know, Thessalonians, Romans, Galatians, all those things, were written before the Gospels because the apostles went around preaching the Gospel by word of mouth. They would tell the story of Jesus. This is what we call the oral tradition. This is the tradition handed down to us from the fathers. And so people wondered, you know, we're starting to see these guys die off. Maybe we should write this stuff down. And that's when the Gospels got written down. But the other thing that bothered them was that People were dying. And our Lord had said, have faith in me and you'll have eternal life. So this, you know, seemed like a, uh, you know, a cognitive mismatch. St. Paul actually addresses it in the letter for the Thessalonians that we read from today. When he says, you know, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Christ will come and raise the dead who had faith in him when he comes back. Now our gospel story Jesus telling this parable, the ten virgins, it reminds us that we have to be ready for that return when he comes. In fact, this parable would have been very, very close to the people of the first century because, you know, they weren't sure when he was coming. 
and there were all these horrible tribulations and persecutions going on. So they needed to be reminded not to let any of that get in the way. It's a reminder that is applicable to us today. We have to be the same way in preparation. Now, St. Augustine had a very interesting take on this parable. He said, when you look at this, don't just look at it as, as, you know, ten virgins in the parable, but think of it as two groups of five. Two groups of five. You have the wise five and the foolish five. He says, the five are our five senses. The five senses in our body by which we perceive the world around us. These are the gateways by which we become tempted in life. And so the oil, which the wise ones remember and the foolish ones do not, according to St. Augustine, is the oil of our baptism. We were sealed at baptism with oil. It is the oil of our confirmation when we were again sealed with the Holy Spirit. In remembering in whom and by whom we have been saved, we can tame our senses to mitigate those temptations so that they don't lead us into sin. But when we forget that oil, when we forget the oil of our baptism and the oil of our confirmation, we're like the foolish virgins who forgot their oil, and so we can fall into temptation and sin. So since we cannot know and never will know the hour of the bridegroom's arrival until it actually happens, it's best for us to live with the end in mind. This is the message that our church presents to us by its selection of the readings at this time of year because we are coming to the end of the liturgical year. Very soon we will be in Advent, which begins another year. So as the church ends its liturgical year, it asks us to consider our end or the end of the world. So how can we do that? What, what will help us in this? Well, you, you heard Father Reed in the announcements. Father Maestri is giving his talk on the four last things. If you've never heard something like that, that's a good place to start. St. Ignatius has a suggestion. He recommends that we use something called the examine in our lives. Now, this is not the same thing as examination of conscience before you go to confession. The examine is a prayer method. At the end of the day, as you're lying in bed before you go off to sleep, take a moment to think about all the events of that day. Note the times that you did well. Note the times that you did not do so well. Then offer a prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord for the times when you did well and that he was able to help you. And offer a prayer of petition asking him to help you to do better next time in those areas where you did not succeed. We can always, of course, take full advantage of sacramental confession if we've really gone off the rails. And trust me, our Lord is more than happy to forgive us. He loves doling out his mercy in the sacrament of confession. We can also keep up that strength, strengthen our memory with prayer, scripture reading. You're going to say, Deacon Ed, you say that a lot. Well, I'm not saying it because it's new. I'm saying it because it's true. This is how we strengthen ourselves. This is the work we put in on our own. But the ultimate source of strength for our soul is in the Holy Eucharist. We should receive it 
worthily as often as possible so that the Lord can fill us with his love so we can get a foretaste of when he will come again as the bridegroom of the church. So is the end near? Absolutely. Absolutely. So please, please, don't forget your oil. God love you.